Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. What is idolatry? Worship or honor given to created things instead of the creator. You guys, every single one of you, this building, which will probably be here longer than us, um, these stones, right, the heavens, everything in creation is creation. It's created. And we worship these things, but they're created, which means they're not forever. They're temporal. They're momentary. They're fleeting. And there's only one creator. And he created us to worship. Like, it's in you that you're going to worship. It's in you that you're going to be, like, praising or giving honor to something or someone. God put that in you. It's just we get confused, and we worship stuff, and we worship people, and we worship basketball or football teams when we're only supposed to worship Jesus Christ. We're only made to worship God because he alone is worthy of our worship. Now, um, how do things, how do people hold up under the pressure of being worshipped, right? I mean, have, have you ever had a day where you just felt like on top of the world or maybe you made the winning goal and everybody's like, yeah, you're awesome, and what are you going to do next? It's a lot of pressure. Let's look at some examples of things or people that have not held up under pressure, and I would say none of us do. Uh, first picture, we got a picture of Johnny Menzel, right? I know, grown, right? But I'll tell you what, two or three years ago, that guy could do no wrong. That guy was the idol of the college football world. Um, every sports team was talking about how they wanted him, but you guys, from an early age, the pressure of go win games, go be the best, go do great things, which that's fine, that's great. But he was carrying that, and how did he handle it? What happened when he first got that big, fat paycheck? He crumpled. He, he is probably sitting alone in a bar right now. I mean, I, I, I pray for him. I, I, he's, he's our brother. But he couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle that much. Con- I couldn't handle that pressure. I, I'd probably be worse off than him. What's another example of maybe somebody or something we've idolized that couldn't handle it? You guys... I grew up listening to Prince. I remember specific moments of time when I've heard a song of his, and it just like, you know, when you hear a song, it just makes that moment. You can't remember that moment without thinking of him. I mean, I love his music, but he's just a man. And Prince, as famous and as popular and as idolized as he was, lonely, uh, hurting, depressed, and seeking satisfaction in drugs. Crazy thing, you know, he, he overdosed on, on pills, and, and his, he's, he's done. His life is over too short. But two weeks before, not even two weeks, he was in the hospital, had collapsed, heart problems. And they're like, buddy, we ran a blood test, and you're taking some bad pills. you got to stop or you're going to die. And not 14 days or so later, he passed. Um, people, people die. Uh, people um, fall, fail. Even the best of us in the Bible, like Paul and Saul and David, had a day where they just couldn't hold up in, or a year or a season. What about the idol of the financial world back in 2000, the Twin Towers, like one of the wonders of the world, these monolithic, giant, great buildings with um, all of the resources of so many nations, ours, flowing through and out of them. I mean, business happened. Money changed hands because of those things. We looked up to those things, literally, and in a day, they're gone. So what do we take from that? Well, that tells you something about the things that people we idolize. They fail. They fall. And they can't take the heat. I can't take the heat. Um, does anybody know what the greatest idolatry is of our day and age? It's said. 
Money? No. people think about you, you may have an idle issue. If the most important thing about you is what people think about you or what you think about yourself, if you did a good job today, you could be idolizing yourself. You could be putting yourself on a pedestal where you can't last. Um, if your identity is more wrapped up in school and your grades than Jesus, you got a problem. If your identity is more wrapped up in sports than Jesus, you got a problem. If your identity is wrapped up more in, I am very spiritual and godly, and I have great wisdom for you, then you may have an idol issue. Um, you might have an idol issue if the most important thing to you is your opinion. Anybody out there feel like, I'm always right and they're always wrong? I know you're out there, because I'm up here and I feel that way about you guys all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys, you might have an idol issue if you just cannot, will not accept that sometimes you're wrong. You may not, you don't, know it all. Lastly, you may have an idle issue if the most important thing about you is your feelings. If your feelings are your God, if how you feel about something defines what you believe and it's not rooted in this book, you have an idle issue. If how you make yourself feel is more important to you, you may have an idle issue, right? If you're using drugs to mask that pain, to hide from something, that drug is an idol to you, and that's going to hurt you more than the drug will hurt you itself. Um, if you can't get through a tough situation without 
overeating, exercising, whatever, pick your poison, you may have an idol issue. We all, and I hope by now you've recognized, have some sort of thing that maybe has a little bit too high of a place in our life that's not Jesus. And again, just like other people and things fail and fall, we will eventually fail. We will eventually fall. We can't stand up to the heat because we and stuff wasn't made to be worshipped. Only God was. Listen how people are described in Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to be spending some time in Isaiah today. Here's how people are described in Isaiah 40. And we got a picture to accompany the reading of the verse. I love that picture. I love that picture of that flower. It reminds me so much of me. A voice from heaven said, shout. And I asked, well, what should I shout about? Shout that people are like the grass and their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. You guys, that's me. That's you. Beautiful, yes. Unique, yes. Wonderful, totally. Fearfully and wonderfully made. But we're only here for a minute. We're here in day, today and gone tomorrow. All this weekend, I've been building a fence on the west side of my house. My fence has fallen down. The dog's getting out. Um, side note, got a rabbit. All kinds of things happening over there on the west side of the house. And I have started to replace my fence. And I'm 40. And I'm out there working harder than I've worked in a while. And I am only standing before you now by the grace of God. Because my body hurts. I am tired. Before this service... Brooke is like, you don't look so good. And I'm like, thanks, babe. Going to preach. She's like, yeah, you, don't, you need eye drops. Your eyes are red. You're like, whatever. And I'm like, I'm doing the best I can. But you guys, I am getting older. And you guys, it might be a little harder to believe, are getting older. I mean, what do you, you got like 70, 80 years on this planet? I, I personally, I don't know if I want to make it to 90 or 100. Um, you guys, we are only here for an instant. And... We're beautiful, but we are temporary. So, who's going to the beach this summer? Anybody going to the beach anywhere this summer or been to the beach lately? Do you, you guys love the beach, right? I love the beach. Love going to the beach. So, everybody loves beachfront property, right? Um, a couple years back, I was in Dubai, over in the Middle East, and they have some amazing beachfront property over in Dubai. Dubai is one of the, it's like one of the new capitals of the financial uh, world. And a lot of money flowing through that city. I mean, imagine the most money you can imagine and then triple it and then quadruple that. I mean, there's a lot of money over there. So I want to show you a picture of something they're doing over in Dubai. Check this out. So here's this boat, big boat. And they ran out of beachfront property in Dubai. So what do they do? Oh, let's build some more. So they get this boat. And it literally, all this boat is is a, is a vacuum. It sucks sand from the bottom of the ocean floor and then spits it out into this one spot. But you'll notice, that's not the beachfront, that's in the ocean. And it spits the sand out. Next picture. Then they helicopter these trucks and things in and drop them on here, and they start covering it with other sand, and they start fortifying it with like some sort of styrofoam material. I'm not really sure. But all those pieces of sand back there are islands that they are building in Dubai. Next picture. And then they plant houses on them. In Dubai, they are building houses on 
islands made of sand in the middle of the ocean. How do you think that's going to work out sooner or later? Not very well. And they're not just building houses. Next picture. They're building a lot of houses. You know, they're not just building a lot of houses. Next picture. They're building islands in the shape of the earth. Sort of. Do you see where Britain is? I think Sting bought Britain for like $5 million and built a house on it. On sand in the ocean. Look at the next picture. You can see it from space. All those islands have a total of like 500,000 homes built on them. Entire communities. What happens when the earth shakes or a tsunami comes or it just starts raining? You guys, what happens when that sand is like, oh yeah, I belong in the ocean? I look at that. I hear about that. And I'll, I'll tell you, that's amazing that they can do that. Like, I'm impressed. I'm like, I'm proud to be a people because I can... That means I could do something like that. But here's the truth. That's ridiculous. That is silly. And as silly as that is, though, we are just as foolish because we do the same thing. We put our faith in people, people that are here today and gone tomorrow. God has told me so many times, like face to face with his hand hard on my shoulder, out of love, stop putting your faith in people. People aren't bad, but people aren't God, people can't save me. I've been in situations where nobody can help me. But all I'm doing is running around saying, help me, help me, help me. I need to be going to him, my helper, and saying that, not people. We are just as foolish when we put all of our hope and faith in our talents. Because like I said before, we're going to get old. There'll be some day where you can't throw the ball as far, where you can't remember all those facts, when you can't build a fence without... We put our faith in money which at the end of the day is like paper. When the financial crisis happened, when those towers fell, and people that had millions and millions of dollars in the bank for retirement were broken a day. It could happen again. Don't put your faith in money on, on paper. And again, you guys are awesome. We're all children of God, but if you're counting on yourself to save yourself and not Jesus, you may have an idle issue. There's only so much you can do for so long. Now, we heard how God described us as people, like flowers. Listen to this piece. There's a good little chunk of scripture. It's Isaiah chapter 40, 12 through 31. I got a little photo to go along with it that I took in Houston and then augmented a little bit. It's this big cauldron, and I planted the galaxy inside of it, and the stars are spilling out. And I love looking at that because like, that's like the imagery of God right there, God pouring out creation. I want you to look at that, and I want you to listen to the descriptors, the imagery that describes who God is. And, and know that in the spiritual realm, these descriptions, as fantastic as they are, are true and happened. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Imagine that. Creation is coming together, and God's got this like scale with all the little mountains and hills. That's incredible to me. Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instructions about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No. 
for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. To whom can you compare God? What image can you even find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold overlaid with gold and decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, maybe they'll at least use some choice wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, asks the Lord. Oh, my children, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, my children, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord alone is the everlasting God and the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even young people will become weak and tired. Even young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. And we're putting our faith in people. We're putting our faith in buildings. We're putting our faith in money. We need to put our faith in the Lord, the only creator, the only God, the only Father that knows your desires and can actually deliver them. So Montgomery County, our county, has been in the news a lot lately this month. Historic flooding, right? They called the tax day flood the 500-year flood. Only ever happened 500, every 500 years. And then 28 days later, they're like, except for that one. That one happened too. You guys know that I'm a weather bug. I love I love that it's like stormy outside right now. I kind of just want to leave you guys and go listen to the rain. But I won't. I won't. But they had the tax day flood, and then they had the Memorial Day flood. Back to back. We're national news. Um, and there's one neighborhood that flooded where the fact that they flooded did not come as a surprise. I mean, it, the campus flooded. That's never happened. And, uh, you know, Hughes Landing had flooded, and they never knew that would happen. There's a lot of places where it was like, oh, my gosh, it flooded. Timberlake's Timber Ridge was no surprise that it flooded, uh, particularly on the north end where those three or four streets are in that low valley near, near the creek. They know it's going to flood. They know it's going to flood if it rains for like an hour. Every time there's a serious rain, for as long as I've lived in the woodlands, 40 years, Timberlake's Timber Ridge floods in this exact spot. In 1994, it wasn't even like a hurricane or anything. It just rained for like a day and a half, and it just flooded like nobody's business in this area. People's homes, their livelihoods, their lives just gone in a day. Some people didn't have flood insurance, and they were themselves lighting fires and burning their homes down so they could get something out of it. Oh, it was an electrical fire. I mean, I'm not condoning that, but that's how desperate of a situation it was. In 2000, there was Tropical Storm Allison. Rolled through Houston and then just parked in Timberlake's Timber Ridge flooded to the gills, and it flooded earlier this year, no, last year, in the fall. It was just a day of rain, and those homes flooded. And then on tax day, they flood, and then Memorial Day, they flood. 
I got some pictures for you guys. I want you to. I want to show you. So this is the entrance to Timberlake's Timber Ridge, and you see that's a road, and then it's kind of like not a road anymore. It's just flooded, and there's homes further down, and it's way deeper. Now here's the same picture. 28 days later, same location, floods again. Those people can't get home. Look at they're just like parked. They're just like ah, I can't get home. Oh, that stinks. It's horrible. Next picture. Here's this Jaguar that flooded on the tax day flood last month. Um, nice car. 30 days later, it flooded again. Oh, that's horrible. That's heartbreaking. That's awful. Next picture. The Red Door House. I always take a picture of this house when it floods in Timberlake's Timberridge. Look at that. That's all of his stuff. All his furniture out on the street. Garbage after the tax day flood. And all these homes... After it flooded on tax day, they had to throw out all their stuff, they had to gut their home, they had to cut out the drywall, they had to pull out the insulation, they had to get rid of their fridge, their washer, their dryer, they lost pets, and it's 30 days later, and they've started to rebuild, and they put in new installation, they put in new drywall, they've got new stuff, and then a month later, it's underwater again. That's, that's horrible. That's heartbreaking. Look at this one. That's not just furniture, that's that guy's life. That's everything that they own, gone, in a, in a moment of rain. Just rain, and his life is done. It's completely changed. All of their stuff out. A month of renovations, a month of new stuff, a month of new toilets and plumbing, like all kinds of stuff. And it flooded 28 days later. You guys, why does a, flo a home flood? Location, location, location. If you build a house next to a creek in a low-lying area, when it rains, it's going to flood. Location is why a home floods. Those homes should not be there. And it's a crime, in my opinion, that people rent those homes to families that come in and move in. They're like, I can't believe we got this great rent. And then their home floods. And then they have to do all this stuff and get all new stuff. And then it floods again. Like, it's just horrible that they're subjected to that. Year after year, flood after flood, families, their lives are ruined because they're keeping those homes in those locations. Not all of Timberlake's Timber Ridge floods, but these few streets do, and they flood every time. And it's just a crime, in my opinion. But here's the thing. The same thing happens to us when we put our faith in the wrong location. What are you putting your faith in? What means the world to you that's not of the Lord? What are you so tied up in that you know ultimately, eternally, is really of no value? The same thing is going to happen to us. I had my faith, I had my whole life tied up in friends and partying for a decade. For a decade, people would say I had a fun life, a lot of fun, a good time. And then in an instant, within one season, I had no friends I couldn't stop drinking. I had no money. I had to move back in with my parents. My life was just awful, horrible, wrecked because I built my life around experiences, alcohol, fun. I had no foundation. I had built my life on sand, and the sand just went, and then I was dog paddling for my life. What are you putting your faith in? What are you pinning your hopes on for a good future? If it's not the Lord, don't be surprised when the rains come. Don't be surprised when everything you've built your life on just sweeps out from underneath your feet. And God doesn't say this to say, I told you so. He says it because he loves you. 
And he does not want you to get hurt. And he knows if you put your faith in anything besides him, you're going to get hurt. He's warning us. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to suffer. Um, so what's the good news? What's the good news to be found in idolatry and the things that we idolize? It's super simple. And I want you to remember it. And if you do something about it today, amen. But if you don't, remember it 10 years from now. The good news about idolatry, about putting our faith in created things is this. That thing that you're putting your faith in will fail you. That thing that you're standing on that is not the Lord will crumble beneath you. And when you are freaking out and your life is on the line and everything that you built up around you based on this false belief is crumbling and dis dis disappearing and people are... Remember, idols fail. They fall. But God never does. I had thumbed my nose at God for a good 15 years before I started my journey down living totally selfishly. My darkest moment when I was like, I don't even deserve to pray. I prayed and said, please, Jesus, help me. And he was like, absolutely. I will help you right this second. You don't have to earn my love. You don't need to fix anything. I will help you and I will love you right now. And if you find yourself in that place, if you're in a place today where you're freaking out and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how I got myself in this. You can pray to the everlasting God, the only Lord, the father of your soul, and he will help you today. The good news about idols is God will allow them to fail you. You read the Bible. Anytime God's people put their faith in Egypt or a golden calf or something not of him, they, he allowed it to fail them so that they would turn and say, help me, I love you, I need you. And every time, you, never once did he say, no, nah, I'm going to let you, no, too bad for you. No, he said, absolutely, I love you, I forgive you, I'm here for you. Come and stand on the rock and get off of that shifting sand. God loves us way too much to not warn us about this, not, to not take us back when we get hurt. And just know that. If you've got an idle issue, you can turn to him today and save yourself the pain and suffering. You can turn to him today and give him that false belief, and he'll replace it with something amazing. I, I hope and pray in Jesus' name right now that something has stirred in you, something that you're like, I have been, I have been having that at too high a level. My, my grades are way too important. Um, that relationship is my God right now. Um, I... I do idolize Steph Curry, and I need to give those shoes back that I stole. No. I hope that God is stirring in you that thing, and let's do some business about it. Let's, let's implore the Lord. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and I'm just going to lead you in a couple of simple things to pray in response to what you've heard. Um, as the band takes the stage, I'm just thinking about the lyrics of the song we sang before I started, but you call me deeper still you guys God wants all that you have to offer he wants all of your heart and all of your soul um, right after this service um, I get to baptize Julia Stolben right Julia on the right Maddie on the left but Julia has been a guest in our church for several months from Germany and she sent me this text back in March it says 
I am already looking forward for the rest of my time here and for a great summer, and I'm so thankful that I came into this amazing church, your student ministry, that Jesus and you guys make amazing. Y'all really made a positive impact on my life, and especially on my relationship with God, and I couldn't be more thankful and happy about that. Thank you. Have a great evening. You guys, Julia has been able to come and do life with you guys and has been so blessed by your faith and your love of the Lord. And in a, in a little bit, she's going to commit her life to Jesus in baptism. And I ask the same question of every single person, every student I baptize, that I will ask Julia in just a few minutes. Julia, are you ready to give all that you've got for Jesus Christ for the rest of your life? Students, are you giving all that you've got to Jesus Christ for your life? Because if you're not, then odds are you've got something else in there that's taken up that space and you need to lay it down. So bow your heads and let's pray about that for just a minute. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.